0: It's Tuesday, December 22nd. The final days of 2020 are among us, as well as the final days of the 2020 fantasy football season. You're listening to the In Between Fantasy Football podcast, your place for both some feel-good life advice and some uh, pretty mediocre fantasy football advice as well. I'm Seth Wilcock. You can find me on the bird at between underscore Seth FF, joined by my co-host, Thomas Kuda in the bottom right-hand corner down there. Uh, at Thomas Kuda on the bird. You can find Nate Polvoet. uh He's joining me to my left here. Uh, he's at Junaid Jack 2017 And uh, the newest addition to our show, Scott Reinier down there, holding down the uh, diehard shirt down there in the bottom left corner. He's at MunderDifflin79 on Twitter. Gentlemen, how are we doing heading into the Fantasy Football Championships?
1: I mean, it is going absolutely swimmingly. <laughs> so I've made it to two championship games this year out of the three leagues I played in. It is a blessed week, truly. <laughs>
2: How about you, Scott? How's it?
1: How'd your week shake out?
2: Uh, you know, I'm in one championship, so better than better than none. Um, my longest standing home league, I lost actually to my cousin. So that's never good. But you know, it just was one of those things. I, I had the I had the one seed in my eyes for a while, and then just as everything felt fell into place, I just my team wasn't that good anymore. Um, so, but I'm in my I'm in uh, in championship with my Cole Comet team. hashtag Cole Komet Club. Um, <laughs> nice. Looking looking pretty good. I will say real quick, I'm a little bummed. Just a little bummed. Um, I did not advance to the second round in the in the lip sync comp- competition. I saw um, that, and I was really surprised you didn't. Well, I think I went. I kind of got excited, and I, I submitted mine right away, and I realized that it looks like they were probably looking for kind of more bells and whistles showmanship rather than just, you know, straight hot fire. So, oh, well. <laughs> Did you see Dynasty Ease?
3: Yes. Like no, I
2: mean, that's the thing. Those those guys doing that are, are, are great. It's, a, it's an awesome competition. Every, the, everything I've seen has been hilarious. I'm really just kind of joking. Um So no, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah,
0: man. <laughs> That's awesome, guys. That's awesome to see that, Scott. I'm so, sorry to hear that your uh, two weeks in a row your your wagers on Cole Komet did not pay off. So
2: I've got another one. This one, this one, I'm donating money regardless, unless he doesn't awesome. get any unless he doesn't get any catches. Then I'll probably still donate money
0: anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and jump if if he puts up a donut you have to jump into the lake and donate money.
2: <laughs> there it is
0: there it is, <laughs> Nate. How did you How did you fare out here in week fifteen?
3: Well, I made it to one championship and lost a championship. Got crushed in that IDP league, unfortunately. Thanks to Keenan Allen. Ooh. If I if I had played um, Greg Ward over Keenan Allen, I would have won.
2: Wow,
1: yeah. that's rough.
3: <laughs> and then Tom, you and I are in the championship of the In Between Media League. Up. And and I, I, I feel really bad because I spent two hours on Sunday morning talking start sit with Juan and Chef and John. We talked about Mike Gusecki being out for like 20 minutes. And then in my quick hit uh. video in the morning, I talked about Mike Gusecki being out. However, I left Mike Gusecki in my lineup against Elliot and still won.
1: Yeah, I, I was like, oh, "Nature's was going to get hosed today, and then I went to look later on, and I was like, holy crap. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And
3: Derrick Henry... Oh, no, I don't even have Derrick Henry in that league. I have Derrick Henry. Oh. <laughs> uh, they're going to rest him for the playoffs. And Ryan Tannehill. That's a good stack, dude.
1: It, won, it so, won me the week by itself this week, pretty much.
3: This is only the second time in the last five years I've been in a championship, so I'm pretty
0: stoked. Congrats. Thanks, go. good Let's
3: luck. Go. How are you doing, Seth?
0: Uh not not too bad. Um, I went one for four in week fifteen, so that was pretty disappointing. Um, after my Scott Fishbowl team fell three points short of advancing to the semifinals, the the earlier week. I ended up putting up the most in the conference this week, so th- th- that was pretty. That was, you know, one of those hashtag bad beats. But uh, you know, it, it's been fun, man. Uh, a lot of craziness happened. I did lose in our in our pen league from our student newspaper in college. We started up a keeper league this season. I lost uh, by ten points, and I started Derek Carr in my super flex. So, mm. yikes!
3: <laughs> but how could you? I mean, how obviously? How
1: could you know? Yeah, no way. No.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it happens. It happens to the best of us, but I learned a lot. I learned, you know, you know, sometimes, especially uh yeah, you know, in those situations, I don't know, you, you just have to shoot for ceiling, especially here in the playoffs. We've been talking about it. Right. And uh, you know, we're gonna talk about it here in a little bit later on when we get into some temperature check and talk about some of these these big names who really performed or underperformed this week. But I mean, week fifteen was probably about as crazy as has got in all season, which has been nuts.
3: Oh, it was crazy. Marcus Mariota looked good. Just not to get off track here, but just real quick, anybody else impressed with him?
0: I was. I was. Yeah.
3: Do you think it continues though?
1: Again, <laughs> I refuse.
3: I don't
2: know I if don't it agree. continues though. I don't no. think it continues against the Dolphins this week. No, the Dolphins are going to crush. Yeah, I mean, he he showed I mean, he was a confident backup in that game for sure. Um, I mean, he looked better than most of his time in Tennessee, as far as I saw. Oh, he-
3: I, I, I feel like Vegas' system fits him better.
2: Speaking of bad beats real quick, I saw this today, and I was thinking of it as the game ended last night. I thought, what if somebody was faced with that decision of, I'm ahead by a point. Do I sit this guy and worry about a stat correction, or do I play this guy? And it was Juju Smith-Schuster. And this, oh. person, this person ended up playing them because they were worried about a stat correction and lost by, like, .34 because of the negative points. Oh, and I, I gotta oh. say, I, I can't imagine a worse way, especially since they had to sit through that whole game watching that game, and then to come out and lose like that. that, just, oh, you know, bro, that that's just as bad as it gets. Man. Man.
0: Yeah, bad, bad beats all around, guys. Um, we're gonna try to continue to pick up the pieces of this crazy fantasy football season tonight. Uh, we, we got a lot to get into, guys. Uh, I want to open it up, though, if there are any questions out there from any listeners, if you need any help with any Week 16 matchups, waivers are coming up tonight as well. If you have any discussions you want us to have on those, let us know. If you have any Christmas topics you want us to get to, uh, you know we're always good for a little bit of uh, side railing. So, um, Gentlemen, if not, though, um, we do have a temperature check segment to get to.
3: Uh, we do have one question on Twitter okay here we go so it is from our friend tyler justin carp
0: our boy good friend of him great guy
3: he wants to know should i record more video content
0: yes
2: Um, let me check my notes yeah yeah Yeah.
3: yeah i think we can agree that tyler you should be doing lots and lots of recorded video content or live content yeah i want to see your face man 100%.
0: Hundred yeah, percent. Absolutely. Scott and, and Herms out there, Herms NFL on Twitter as well. Scott's been doing an awesome job. Tyler, like like it's been awesome to see some different video content in the last couple of weeks. Uh the si- the the lip sync challenge, that was pretty fun to watch. I didn't participate, but got to see Scott and uh Mike Fiala shake it on there. So that was pretty fun to see. So um gentlemen, why don't we get into some temperature check? Yeah, I know we're going to start out by me getting roasted pretty hard here. <laughs> Temperature check. That's really spicy. Holy fire. So, uh, you know, the man of week 15, I I don't think any of us saw this coming is I mean, you guys did, obviously. I didn't. Um <laughs> Jalen Hurts, fam, QB1 on the week, 37.8 fantasy points, 24 for 44 through the air, 338 passing yards, and three, counting three touchdowns, uh, adding 11 for 63 and one on the ground. I mean, gentlemen, we had a question last week, Taysom Hill or Jalen Hurts. I fought the three of you, so let me have it.
2: It's not really a roast, I mean. I think I posted something like, "Oh, I'm loving my Jalen Hurts call." Once Breeze was named the starter, I mean, it was, it was, uh, you know, it was done from the beginning. But I certainly didn't expect QB one on the uh, on the week. I wasn't expecting that. That was, that no. was out I mean, part of my reason, and I said it on the podcast last week, it was a bit of a gut call. Obviously, we don't have a lot of track record with Jalen Hurts in the NFL. But I mean, one thing I noticed in his first game when he played is, you know it's like, it's, you can't really quantify it, but there's, you know, the eye test, and to me, he passed, he, he was passing the eye test, not necessarily with just super accurate throws on every throw, but just running the offense and providing that spark. He just, he passed it. And Taysom Hill has never really passed that eye test with me. He certainly can get you the points because he has the rushing and he has the rushing touchdown opportunities, certainly. But, um, I'm excited about Jalen Hurts. I'm starting, I'm starting in my championship game over some pretty, pretty high up there quarterbacks. I'm starting, I'm going with Jalen. I love that.
1: Low, low key. I'm like this close to seeing if I can't squeak a last minute trade in like dynasty to start Jalen Hurts this week.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I give you guys credit. Like, like you own that call last week. I, I was, a, and, and I've been a big fan of Jalen Hurts since the beginning of like, I agree. Like Alabama's a pro style offense and not for, not to forget about Oklahoma as well. Like, that system True. down there, Lincoln Riley, like he knows what he's doing. It, it, I mean, we've seen it time and time again. Oklahoma quarterbacks are coming into this league and providing n- not just real NFL success, but fantasy success as well. So, Baker. Yeah, yeah, I mean, B- Baker this season has been nice at times. His rookie season, he was okay. And, you know, we've seen it from Kyler Murray too. So I will say m- the basis of my call last week is I, I'm more afraid of the Eagles in general. Like the offensive lines been banged up all season, they really have no passing weapons on the outside other than Jalen Rager, uh, the ghost of Alshon Jeffrey still roaming around there a little bit too. I mean, and that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, I,
3: like Scott said, I don't think any of the three of us thought he was going to go out and be the QB one.
1: No, not not quite that stunt show. I thought maybe like you know fifteen to twenty points, like solid, right. but not right that. <laughs>
0: 38 points. That is yeah. that's ridiculous. Um, g- guys, I guess the question here now is, is Jalen Hurts an auto start this week? Most of the top tier experts here, they have him ranked somewhere between QB six and QB 10. Scott, is that too low? It is for me.
2: I'm at four.
0: Who, who, who's your three, three above?
2: Mahomes, Kyler and Rogers. That's who I
0: had. I think sense. I might start him over Rogers after last week's performance. Like I know Rogers has the marquee matchup here. Uh, against Tennessee, but I mean, yeah,
2: they're, I, they're, they're close. I would say they're close for sure. think you're going to have either one of them,
0: but yeah. I mean, Lamar Jackson has the giants. The giants have, have, have been for real defense this year. Like Blake Martinez is on the other side of the ball right now. Just tearing people apart. Yeah. So, oh, all right, guys. Well, I'll take, I'll take your word for it. Any last words on Jalen hurts? No, sir. What happens to Carson Wentz here, Tom? I mean, if Jalen
1: Hurts keeps it up, he's toast. I don't care how big the contract is. They're not going to lose games to, you know what I mean, like pay the guy. Especially because I got Hurts on a rookie contract for a while. Like, they're just going to do what they need to to win. Yeah, barring injury, Carson Wentz will not
2: be the Eagles quarterback. Yeah. When is the last time you saw Carson Wentz
1: do it, Jalen Hurts did this week?
3: Uh, Not since. 2017,
1: 2017, yeah. When Frank Reich was his offensive coordinator,
3: yeah. Do you know where I'm going once with this? He, once he
2: tore his, <laughs> once, he tore his uh, once he tore his ACL against the Seahawks that game a couple of years back, he hasn't. I don't feel like he's been the same since.
3: He hasn't really, but then he hasn't had a good line since that 2017 year either. And I mean, I would just, dude, if I tore my ACL and then you threw me behind a bad offensive line once I was healthy, I, I don't think I'd have much confidence either.
1: In that back I mean, injury. That's really. In a a That's
3: injury. true about a lot, too. He needs to go to Indy. He needs to go to Indy with those weapons and the, that stellar offensive line and get right, and he'll be a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback again. It'd certainly I'd, be yeah. an
2: upgrade for Phillip Rivers. You <laughs> say he needs to get right? Yeah, <laughs> get right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
0: do you got like i feel like jalen hurts is just another example though of like how the nfl is going like i i think honestly by like probably 2025 or so like more than half the league if not you know sooner is going to be rushing quarterbacks like it's already getting to that point you have lamar jackson kyler murray uh Taysom hill is probably going to be a starter next year too like there are a lot like and I think for fantasy, like, you're probably going after it every year. Like, like you could just get so much upside and a safe floor with those rushing quarterbacks. Like, are, are you guys with me on that? Do you think rushing quarterbacks are kind of here to stay?
2: It well, it seems to be the trend. I mean, one thing it seems, and I don't know if this is any more than than in the past, but non-mobile quarterbacks seem to be getting killed out there. Um, they can't get out of the, I mean, Drew Brees broke every single rib or whatever it was. Like, I mean, yeah. they're just getting they're – getting, they're getting pummeled. So I mean, granted, when when you when you have a running quarterback, you you open up the injury window for you know when they're running and tackled, but they take a lot less of those massive hits in the pocket, um, and so I think that's a, I think that's a factor. But I think yeah, it's trending that way. Um, I mean, if you look at some of the top quarterbacks these days, um, there's not many left that are you know strictly pocket passers, mm-hmm. right.
1: Yeah, it seems like it's definitely a trend that's going to stick for a while. I think the one thing that I'm most interested to find out long term is what this does to quarterback longevity. Like, if everyone's prioritizing drafting like really mobile, smaller frame quarterbacks, like, does the average lifespan of a superstar quarterback go down? Like, are we talking, you know, you don't get a quarterback for like ten plus years now? Maybe it's like five to eight before they start burn out. Like. Yeah. I'm really curious to see what the long-term effects of this new kind of play style are for people. I,
2: I think it. I mean, I think it depends. It depends on what style running quarterback you are. I mean, if you're somebody that's just, you know, go for it all, Josh Allen, then you might get hurt more often. But I mean, if you, if you look at Absolutely. Russell, Wilson, if you look at Russell Wilson, I mean, he he prides himself and practices intently yeah. how to not take big hits when he's running. And you see it yeah. sometimes as a fan. I'm like, dude, don't don't slide. Just one more <laughs> yard for the first. Come on, right, But, but he, I mean, look, he, you know, a couple years back, he got stepped on. And he almost missed a game in um, that game one against the Dolphins a few years ago. He didn't miss a game. He still hasn't. Um, I mean, I think Geno Smith coming in against the Jets was the first significant backup quarterback play for the Seahawks in years. So yeah. if people, you know, if a, if an elusive quarterback can model themselves after that and do it well and execute it, then it could even prolong. How
1: long Yeah, I totally agree. Good. I'm going to bring that up. It's like a difference between, like, Russell Wilson and Cam Newton, you know, where Cam Newton went out there and got himself ruined real quick. And right. And <laughs> really been careful and good about it.
3: Well, Belichick's not helping. He's basically using him as a running back. It's a batting like. man. Yes.
0: <laughs> um, I was going to say, while we're on the topic of Russell Wilson, guys, like like the Seahawks seem to be – the, the number one team to really let people down here in week 15. Scott, you, you kind of hit, hit the hammer on the head there again. And l- last week, I mean, you, you were not keen on super keen on Russell Wilson. You were keen on a lot of these Seahawks. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson lets us down 12 fantasy points, Chris Carson, 8.9, DK Metcalf, 9.3 Lockett, 7.4 since Lockett's 53 point game. Gentlemen, Tyler Locke has only scored 84 PPR points. Like he's averaging like just around 10 PPR points a game over the last eight games. Like it's been a full half of a season at this point since that, that game. Um, are we starting these guys moving forward? And, 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 how can we kind of wrap our brain around that week 15 dud? I'll
2: spare, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was disappointing. I mean, I was expecting more from Metcalf, but you know, I, I called Dan over, over, over Russell. Um, I mean, I didn't expect it to be that drastic of a difference. Just like hurts not to be the number one PB. but you know they just haven't they haven't fared well lately, especially against those you know nasty defensive line teams like like the Washington Football Team. One difference now. I don't know how much of a difference this is going to make. I, I you know I haven't I, some you know sometimes these these additions to a team late like in the season aren't quantifiable. But Greg Olson is back. He's been on IR for a while. Um, and plantar fasciitis. Ouch! And he's back. And you know he's not tearing. He was he was never tearing up the stat sheets. He was there's a little bit of hype early in the season, but he was never really a fantasy play. But there's you know there's so much I think that goes into like a savvy veteran like him coming back into an offense that you just don't you're not going to see it in the box score. So I'm not saying that Greg Olson is back. Everything will be fixed. But if you look at the trend, when he got injured, you know things started to. Go south a bit again i don't think it's 100 because of him but i think he can only help the other thing i was going to talk about they got pulled out from under me about 10 minutes before this podcast was josh gordon and the reason i'm still going to bring him up is because i had it all ready to say i just wanted to be known i'm a huge josh gordon fan um, i will always root for josh gordon i struggle with similar issues i'll say and i know how i know how misunderstood he is by a lot of people that think it's just a black and white make a decision. Yes or no situation. It's just not. So anyway, I, I, just, I, I hope the best for Josh Gordon. Um, it's too bad. He's he's not going to be able to play. It looks like this season. Um, but good luck. So the other thing, so I had something about Tyler Lockett. I want to talk about last week. I, I said, "Sit." you know, I was like, this is just, you know, it's, it's been, a, it's been enough of a track record now the last month of him doing virtually nothing that he's just not the wide receiver, high end wide receiver too, that he was. I have a theory this week. This is a theory. This is kind of a going out on a limb situation. This is not necessarily telling you to start him as your wide receiver two. This is maybe more as a wide receiver three or a flex, but I think the Seahawks know, you know, they've made the playoffs now. They've clinched the playoff spot. And then this week is against the Rams for the NFC West title. This is as close to a playoff atmosphere as you're gonna get before the playoffs. I think they know with their defense, Tyler Lockett needs to be involved, but they're gonna make any kind of run in this playoff. They're gonna make any kind of deep run They've got to get that guy back involved. And I think they know that. And I think they tried last week. I mean, in the first half, you know, he had like four targets in the first 20 minutes, um, or six targets with four catches. They were getting him quick passes to, to you know, to combat that that um, aggressive defensive line. And the Rams have a very similar aggressive defensive line. so. You know, it's, it's not all about targets. He he hasn't been invisible all year. During this stretch of poor games, it's not like he's not being targeted. He's still getting targets. He's not getting the 20 targets he got in his blowout game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's still getting five, six, seven, eight targets, you know, per week. So I have a feeling that he's going to be more of a focal point this week, especially with Ramsey on Metcalf, um, who in their last meeting held, him, held Metcalf two for 28 yards. That's true. I just think... I have this feeling that some stars are going to align, and they're going to get they're going to get Lockett involved, um, and he's going to have a big week. That's it's a little bit out on the limb. Um, it's more of a hot take, I would say, than a you must sit him. Um, but that was something I was thinking about, and I just think that they just have to. They have no other choice. They've got to get him involved if they want to if they want to make a run.
0: I I love everything you're saying, Scott. I think I think you're hitting it on on the nail again. The only thing I'll say is. I don't think a lot of Tyler Lockett owners are left in this. Two years in a row, I've lost, you know, because Tyler Lockett has failed to do something. Last year's in my championship matchup in my dynasty league. This year, it's in the semis. But I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like I'm probably firing him back up if I have him. But I mean, it, it, it's been brutal. Like like I said, like he's averaging about 10 PPR points a game over the last eight games. That's half a season. It's it's just too much to. To, to really, like, like there's not – the upside's not there. It, it, it's not like it used to be. And, Tom, you're a guy who follows the Seahawks almost as close as Scott. Like, like, what's your recommendation with Lockett? And 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 talk about this week, but but can you also kind of share your dynasty outlook on him a little bit as well?
1: Um, See, I don't know. I'm just – I'm at a place where I'm very, like, nervous right now because, like, I'm in the championship game, and I've invested pretty heavily in the Seahawks and dynasty. That's where I'm in the championship at. And I have, you know, Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf this. Right. So, you know, I'm I'm in a place where I'm having to make tough choices now. Like I have Tua sitting on my taxi squad, and like it's it's more than a passing thought for me right now to maybe pull him up and start him because he has a better matchup. And the earlier game this year against the Rams went horribly, and the Seahawks offensive line is not at full health right now. Like they're gonna get eaten alive. So. Um, I just, my confidence level remains low, I guess, in the two of them. And I'm looking to not play at least one of the two of them. Like, I want to trust that DK is going to pull something off, but I'm just worried, you know, that like my number one wide receiver on the year so far is just going to put up a stinker again because he's going to get locked down in a big game. I mean, it's totally possible.
0: Yeah, I. I, I, but but can you live with yourself if you bench DK Metcalf and he goes off? Like, I, I couldn't. I no, couldn't. that's why. DK is the one that I will end
1: up playing. Russell is the one that I yeah. might. Just because I know that, you know, the difference between, like, a great quarterback and a good quarterback is not as much as, like, a great wide receiver and an okay one. You got Baker in that league? I used to. I traded him away this year, though. <laughs> I, have Rivers, I have Phillip Rivers, Russell Wilson, and Tua. So Tua would probably be the one I'd start – and like I said, thinking about putting the feelers out there for Hurts just to see if I can't get them cheap, you know, second round pick next year. Some crap like that.
0: You want Tom Brady, bro? I got Tom Brady for you. He can rock and roll. I don't know about that. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Uh, Nate, are, are you, ha, where is your confidence level, not just in, you know, these receivers, but even Chris Carson heading into this, this week 16 matchup? Uh, the, the Rams just got beat by the Jets, guys. Like, let's not make light of that. Like, that was – how about that?
3: That was a fluke. Yeah. That was an absolute fluke. Like, uh, yeah, I do. I mean, the Rams typically have a pretty good defense. Jared Goff hasn't been good. But that's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Cam Akers, they needed Cam Akers to be better in that game than he was. They should have I – I mean, I can't believe they lost it. It's a fluke. I think they're going to give Seattle fits, man. I mean, it's a division game. They're pissed because they just lost to the Jets. <laughs> like, I can't imagine. I, I I can't imagine it's not going to be at least a close game. And I yeah. don't love Chris Carson in this one. Carlos Hyde's been too involved in the offense. True. And you're starting to see him slide in a little bit more. I don't know. I wouldn't play Carson if I
2: had him this week. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, Hyde had one of the slowest 50-yard touchdowns I've ever seen.
3: <laughs> You've but never seen me run 50 yards.
2: Well, <laughs> no. it's true. No, it's I, 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 I tend to agree w- with Nate because, I mean, not only are they pissed, they just embarrassingly lost to the Jets. And thank you for that the Rams BST in my semifinal last week. Um, like the biggest smash play I had them – I had week 15 Rams DST scoped for weeks like that's the right. one. But no, I mean, also they control their own destiny with the NFC West uh, The Seahawks, you know, also do. So it's, it's one of those situations where, um, it's a huge game. I mean, and the, and the NFC West, I mean, it's not, I don't want to say it's not quite as important, but with COVID it isn't, I'll say it, it's not quite as important to have a home field in the playoffs, especially for the Seahawks. Um, you know, that home field advantage, I mean, it's, more of a convenience thing that you're in your own city there's no there's no crap so i'm not going to say that it's not important but i think both teams are going to come to play um you know they they they've each done some ass whooping on each other over the last few years um but i'm expecting a dog fight and i'm expecting it to be i'm, I'm just expecting it to be a little bit more offensive than people are people are thinking That's Fair
1: enough. i wasn't sure about that I was i was worried that maybe it would go to be like Like, uh, Russell Wilson is clutch. You know, he's good. But I'm worried that, like, he's going to pull off some clutch stuff at, like, the end of the game and win the game for them but just, like, not put up a good fantasy day while he does it. You know, like, another low scoring. Like, do you think that's –
2: 17, 13, I'm
0: scared. I'm scared. I don't don't think there's a lot of people who are still left in the playoffs, like, starting a lot of these guys, maybe outside your occasional Russell Wilson – owner who squeaked in as well as maybe a Metcalf guy, you know, Tom you, I didn't know it in, in dynasty. I did in the other one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. So uh, I, I guess, you know, play them based on matchup. Let's continue to do that. They're, they're not the guys we thought they were though at the beginning of the season. I think that's definitely concluded here.
3: Yeah. Speaking of people, we didn't think were going to be the guy they are now at the beginning of the season.
0: How about it, Nate? Before I roast you, I didn't get to ask you what beer are you drinking tonight, bud.
3: Oh, I am currently drinking a uh, Colorado native. It's okay. a local. It's like a subsidiary of Coors, it's like a little like microbrew offshoot
0: kind of. No doubt, so, nice.
3: Yeah, it's not bad. Glad to hear it. What were
0: you drinking? Um. Well, Santa came early this year, folks. Came early. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she brought us some more Trogues and some more Bush Light. So gonna crack into another one of these. Um as Nate, I kinda bring the fire back to you a little bit. Um Chase Vernon made his public apology. Um yeah. Nate, are you ready to make yours? I kinda
3: did today on the waiver wire show. Like man, it was in like I talked about, it was never necessarily David Montgomery. It was the Bears in general, and because David Montgomery was a part of that team. Also a little bit David Montgomery. But, man, these last four weeks, he's been incredible. And, like, because they're playing, the Bears are playing, anybody can chime in. <laughs> the, the Jaguars. That's right. That's right. The
1: yeah, yeah, it's it's talk- like an easy game. Sorry, you're
3: <laughs> He is going to run all over Jacksonville. Which concerns me if you own Trubisky and you're relying on Trubisky in your championship because they're not going to have to throw the ball. And if Matt Nagy's smart, you don't put the ball in Trubisky's hands more than you need to. And now that Montgomery's kind of balling out,
0: I was wrong, man. He's he's a good running back. I was wrong. I mean, RB6 on the season, (laughs) RB1 since his Week 11 bye – it's it, It's been nice, guys. I mean, the schedule has definitely aligned himself as well. Like, the schedule has been cake these last couple weeks, um, and it's going to be cake the rest of the way. He has Jacksonville this week, and then next week if you if you hold on, he has Green Bay if you're some for some reason playing a Week 17 matchup. But, I mean, I, I love Monty this year. I mean, he was a, a guy I grabbed late in a couple leagues, and, and he, he's been seller.
3: Herbs has got a question here we can jump on real quick. Monty Dynasty Value. Asking is a buyer, not a seller. First of all, Herms, thanks for the question, sir.
0: Appreciate um,
3: it. Tom, what do you think?
1: Buy him at a high end RB two price. If you I don't want to pay one for him just because I don't trust Chicago to like be like he has a cake schedule right now. The stars have aligned. Everything's going great. You know, I don't want to overpay for him here and pay for him to be RB six again next year, because I don't think that's gonna happen. I think he'll probably be like the ten to fifteen range next year, so I'm totally willing to pay whatever price that falls into. Like, I'd go as high as paying for him to be like a low end one, high end two. Mm. So,
0: so are, are you are you willing to like?
1: I'd dump a first the, rounder for next year for him. Like, if someone you would, just make would that you, straight you, up. you would I'd give him a first yeah. round David Montgomery. Yeah. I'd do that. Listen, first
3: round you win. Do you have any orphans? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Listen, I, I don't know we don't have any orphans right now, but no, I like if dynasty, like draft picks are a 50-50 shot at having any success come from them. So like a proven, you know, RB6 finish on a season, I would just, you know, like if I'm going to roll the dice on how that looks next year, guaranteed a roll and a finish at an RB6 versus like maybe landing myself Cam Akers as my first round pick next year, depending on how, you know, things shake out, like, I would gladly, you know, do that. <laughs> That's how I kind of think about it.
3: Nate, wh- where are you at? So, I'm concerned about the situation in Chicago, as far as Dynasty goes. I have a hard time buying anybody there, except for Darnell Mooney in Dynasty. I mean, I don't know that I'd do it.
0: You <laughs> love Darnell Mooney,
3: dude. <laughs> I, do, I do love it. And you it's just you. Who had a touchdown catch? <laughs> <laughs> even even with Monty the 52 times last week, Darnell Mooney had a touchdown.
0: Is that like his third of the season? That's lit. That's yeah. great. He's like wide receiver like 30 or like 56 now, probably still. All right, is, Mooney well,
2: gonna, is Mooney gonna be the next Antonio Brown like Anthony Miller claimed he was gonna be? Oh, I think Remember
3: he has that? I think he I terms, thank you. Thank you. Mooney is legit. He just needs a he just needs a quarterback. If he'd had a quarterback all season, we're talking about him like we're talking about Justin Jefferson.
1: But listen, Allen Robinson has also dealt with the crap carousel that is Chicago quarterbacks. Yeah. And, and put up 1000-yard seasons the last 2 years. And I, you know, like I I don't say that to make fun of Mooney. I say that because is Mooney is that good? I don't think Allen Robinson comes to Chicago next year when his contract's up.
0: So, like, Mooney. I hope not. I Ryan's hope not.
1: Either. You know, he, he may have a good shot at, you know, being that guy, like pulling that Allen Robinson role where he outperforms, even though he has hot garbage for quarterback play.
0: That's true. Well,
1: they're going to have, they'll, they're moving on from Trubisky.
0: They tried that
3: this year. <laughs> yeah, but they tried it with Nick Foles. Like, they need to get, <laughs> they need to get a quarterback in the draft. Agreed.
1: I, I mean, not, they're, they're going to have to
3: trade up. Not a first round quarterback. Go second or third okay. round. You can find quality second, third round. Russell Wilson was what round was Scott? Third, was third,
0: third, third. Yep. Yeah. Oh, but it was.
3: Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, but like that, ne- that <laughs> never happens. No, I know. They should go and get. You know who they should go get? They should go get Ryan Fitzpatrick just for one season, just to bridge the gap. Because I that dude's got one more good season in him.
1: He's trying to complete his like map of every NFL team he played for. (laughs) Right.
2: Yeah, pretty much.
0: I think Fitz has got it. Fitz is hanging it up after this year. I got to think. Like his family's, his family like lives in Miami still. So he, or Tampa Bay still. So he, he's like commuting back and forth like there on the reg. Like I don't think he wants to do that much longer.
1: You guys think he'll turn into a coach? I I think he goes into coaching at some point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He'll be Um, in one gentlemen why don't we move on here we got a lot left to cover and it starts with our sure thing sleepers of the week it's the sure thing sleepers of the week This sure thing sleeper of the week is also going to be featuring. uh, We're gonna feature guys for week 16. We're we're liking, Uh, you know, guys you probably aren't rolling out in your lineup with confidence, but we're gonna give you a little bit of confidence. And we're also gonna talk about guys sleepers we're we're liking for next season as well. Um, Let's go. Let's go through our week 16 sleepers here, Scott. Why don't you kick us off here?
2: Okay. Um, Yeah, my week week 16. Sleeper is Richard Higgins with an R. So Rashard Higgins to me is, uh, I've talked about this a little bit. He's one of those guys that I, I, I need to, I need to strip away my kind of preconceived, predetermined perception of a player. I had to go through something similar with Wayne Gallman, where he started to become effective as a fantasy back. And I, in my brain was like, nah, he's not going to do it. It's Wayne Gallman. And then oops, really wish I had Wayne Gallman. I think Richard Higgins, Richard Higgins is similar. Um, you know, a guy that's been there, hasn't really done much flashes every now and then, but yeah. kind of along with Baker's ascension the last month or so, Higgins has kind of come right along with him. I mean, he's still, he's still second fiddle Jarvis Landry, but you know, like I said, Baker, to me, Baker has found something, you know, he kind of seems to have that the swagger that he has off the field. He seems to have it on the field, He's confident, he's accurate. And Higgins has kind of reaped those benefits uh,
0: against against the Jets too, Scott. Like I feel like that's a that's a pretty big slam dunk. I mean, yeah. uh, other other than what happened to Cooper Cup last week, which was you know uh, again a pretty fluky game. Uh, I I think Rashad Higgins like he, he's he's been steady. He I liked him a lot. I think he was uh, an in the scope candidate for me. Uh, you know maybe back in week seven or eight, quite a while ago, and he didn't you know pan out right away when people wanted him. But you know, down the stretch here, he has paid dividends.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, last three, eight targets a game, five plus catches a game, couple touchdowns. You know, like I said, he's not he's not the he's not the number one there, but the, it's closer to a one A one B situation with him and Jarvis than it ever has been. And they're throwing it. I mean, you know, Chubb's still getting his work, but they're throwing it more than they were. He so, make- I like I like him, <laughs> I like him. I mean, I think fantasy pros right now has him around. Wide receiver thirty five, so low end wide receiver three, but I think that's too low. I think it's closer to a high end three, maybe low end two at this point. That's my I'd give low three. end two for sure. Yeah. Um and then some the jets. Bottom ten. That's do you receiver. do you
1: worry though that the Jets and as close to the playoffs? Like that they just try to keep it on the ground. Or like, do you worry that maybe they don't pass much?
2: I mean, I, I feel like it's I a mean be with, with the Browns, I'd say I'm always worried about that. You know, because they've got Chubb and Hunt, and it's it's the Jets. But, I mean, if the Jets, you know, they're, they're if they have a defensive strength, it's against the run, not against the pass. And it's a little bit similar, I think, to the Seahawks. Like, Cleveland's making a run for, for some playoffs here. And they're going to need to be multidimensional in the playoffs if they want to go anywhere, you know. So I I still like them. I like them this week.
1: Yeah, I actually agree. I mostly just wanted to ask as kind of like just to – like, have you logic it through, I guess, because I feel like people would be concerned that maybe it'd be a trap game, especially after they upset the Rams last week for literally no reason. <laughs> I, I think Higgins is a great, like, flex play. Like, I feel like yeah. he's, he's a high-end three, low-end two, and that's great for flex, like... Yeah.
0: And, Nate, who is your sure-thing sleeper of the week heading into week one six?
3: So, I, I've got Lynn Bowden. I love Bowden this week. I like the matchup. I think it's a great matchup for Miami. Gaskin may still be out. We haven't heard one way or the other if he's coming back. Devontae Parker most likely will be out. We're looking at Gasecki possibly being out and Jakeem Grant also possibly being out. So Tua has right. And this time I I already moved Gasecki out of my lineup. (laughs) Good, (laughs) good. We the last two weeks when he's actually been getting more targets and more snaps, we've seen what he can
0: do. He's been really good. This is a revenge game for Lynn Bowden. He he was I I actually heard it was pronounced Bowden. I can't get used to saying that yet, but apparently it's Lynn Bowden from a guy who watches a lot of college football. I was corrected last week. So um, Lynn Bowden though he was drafted by the Raiders and they're playing the Raiders here the day after Christmas. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's going to be a Christmas miracle for Lin, Lin Bowden right now. Like, that is exciting. Like, he's coming back. And they spent, what What was it, a third-round pick on on Lin Bowden? Like, it was pretty early just to ship him away, I think, for yeah. a fifth year or a sixth of, for next year. So I was I was pretty surprised by that. But, I mean, Nate, I, I think you're dead on here. He's a guy I actually sent out in the league last week. And you know the floor is there. The floor is there. The ceiling is is TBD to be TB, to be determined. But yeah, I love it here, man. I that think
3: that revenge that ceiling's going to be way especially
1: up here. with a revenge game narrative. I feel like that. I, I get excited about those. <laughs>
3: yeah, I mean, all the elements for him to just smash are there. Well, he's. I
2: mean, he's getting so many catches each game. Like I just feel like he's due to just break one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel it's coming yep. to uh, the saying. Can I keep saying Bowden? Well, Bowden's, I... Bowden's hard to say. I... that's <laughs> what
0: I said. Yeah, I, I can't really say it, but apparently yeah. it is Bowden. I mean we'll accept either. This. We we still haven't got Tanyan right either. <laughs> we will <laughs> say. <laughs> All right. Uh Tom, who do you got for your uh week sixteen short thing? We've had a lot of these this season. Who are you gonna round it out here with?
1: Uh, I'm going to end the year uh, with Daryl Henderson. Um, Definitely not, like, the sexiest pick in the world. But I got to get through some of his stats, and I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised. Um, Every game this year that he's gotten more than 10 carries, he's averaged 15.6 PPR points in those games. And this week he's almost a lock, guaranteed, like probably 15-plus carries, or maybe just, like, right around that sweet spot and – You know, if he throws out 15.6 PPR points this week, just hitting his average, like, I'm super happy with that, like, in my flex, even my RB2 spot, if that's where I have to plug him. So I'm definitely, like – like I said, at first I was like, great, this is just going to be, like, plug your nose and play it. But he actually seems like he has a decent level of consistency when he gets the full run. So an interesting stat from Chase today – Um,
3: apparently, and Scott, if you can verify this, they've given up 12 rushing touchdowns in the last
1: eight weeks.
0: Wow, yeah, yeah, I was gonna
1: say the Seattle D is
2: not great. No, uh, yeah, I don't know the exact number, but it's been a lot of rushing touchdowns,
1: and like they're
3: good everywhere else in the run game defensively. But for some reason, like they're just giving up touchdowns to running backs. So, great week to play Henderson.
0: I mean, yeah, Tom, you, you know my my love for Daryl Henderson yeah, is, is you know, it, be happy. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean I again I'm not rushing to play him. I mean, there's a great chance that he does go out and, and hit 20 points. We've seen it. Um, we've also seen him have a lot about you know somewhere between nine and twelve points. I, I think that's more likely for him. Um, but like you said, the Seahawks have been super vulnerable against the run. Uh, you know the passing defense is actually tightened up there a little bit. Secondary is kind of looking nice. They had a couple nice interceptions there last week too. So, yeah, I I mean I think Daryl Henderson uh, now with Cam Akers sidelined indefinitely to that sprained ankle. I, I, yeah, I think Daryl Henderson. If if you're needy at RB, like don't go you know playing him above like Austin Eckler. Or anyone crazy? But uh, yeah, you can roll him out there as a, a sure thing. sleeper of the week. Love it.
3: All right, Seth. Who do you have?
0: All right, gentlemen, uh, he has returned. Like like this is a good time for that Undertaker gif, you know, when he like rises out of the coffin. Uh <laughs> bell, baby. Le'Veon Bell, he's back. Unfortunately, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he goes down to that ankle and hip injury. Uh, th- that looked pretty brutal on-, on Sunday. That was tough to watch. Yeah, uh, he goes yeah. down to that. And uh, n- now with the one seat pretty much secured for the Chiefs after the Steelers once again shit the bed it's level bell time guys. He went 15 for 62 and one last week and added a reception. I think they're going to keep it on the ground here against a non-formidable Atlanta Hawk or Atlanta Falcons, sorry, NBA's back, uh, Atlanta <laughs> Falcons defense. But yeah, I mean, I'm not super excited to play him, but like he's a, he's a top 24 running back for me. Uh, the last couple weeks, Atlanta has a, really got trashed by some RBs. Uh, Leonard Fournette fell into two touchdowns last week. Austin Eckler had like nine or ten receptions against them uh, two weeks ago, and then Alvin Kamara was pretty lit against them a couple weeks ago as well. So, yeah, I'm I'm going bell, baby.
1: I love that pick. I feel like this is going to be like the closest that we have to seeing him in like his old form since he left the Steelers.
2: Yep. If he didn't. If he didn't play for the Chiefs. I'd say. He's going to get a full workload, or at least close to a full workload. He hasn't been getting that so.
0: I mean, he looked he looked the best last week. He's looked all year, for sure. So maybe yep. he's finally, like, it only took him 15 weeks, guys. Like, he definitely <laughs> yeah. he definitely deserves that money, for sure. For he's sure.
1: always been a ball hog. Like, I honestly think that having a somewhat reduced workload just, like, throws him off. You know what I mean? He's used to getting just, like, every time he yeah. the ball, it's, like, 70% chance it goes his way. I don't know. Yeah. I think he'll thrive this week, though. I, I love that pick.
0: I mean, yep. they're going to have to rely on him down the stretch and probably in the playoffs a good bit too. So they might as well get him warmed up. And even if you're like – I would say like some DFS long shots as well, like look for the other running backs there as well. Uh, Darrell Williams, he's been he's been working in times even with Le'Veon Bell in the picture as well. So Daryl Williams, like for a deep shot pay down option in DFS, I'm looking for him as well. That's a good call. And gentlemen, um, I appreciate – awesome sure thing sleepers of the week for week 16 and let's throw out some sure things uh, sleepers of the week, but instead of the week, let's go next season, you know, some dynasty value maybe, and just some guys we're targeting and redrafting keeper leagues as well. Um, Scott, why don't you kick us off, man?
2: So, you know, preface it with you're, you're calling a 2021 sleeper on the Eve of Festivus. Dear son, happy Festivus? What is festivus? It's nothing. It's nothing. When George was growing Jerry, up, no. his father no. hated
0: all the commercial and religious aspects of Christmas, yeah. so he made up his own holiday.
2: Oh, and another piece of the puzzle falls into place. All
0: right. And instead of a tree, <laughs> didn't your father put up an aluminum pole? I'm like, no. Jerry, stop it. And then weren't there feats of strength that always ended up with you crying? I can't do huh? it anymore. I'm going to my You happy now?
2: <laughs> ah! There's lots of unknowns, you know. There's there's speculation that's going to happen. So, but my mine is going to be Rashad Penny. Um, That's mm. 2021. So there's a part there's a part of me as a Seahawks fan that desperately needs Rashad Penny to work out um, because the Seahawks traded up and picked him eight spots ahead of Nick Chubb. Whoops, whoops you know. <laughs> uh, so, and I mean, I'm not saying Rashad Penny won't, won't pan out. You know, he's been injured. He showed some. He showed some flash last last uh, last year before he got hurt. But I mean, Carlos Hyde, his one-year contract's up. Chris Carson's going to be a free agent. Um, DJ Dallas, I think he's getting surgery, but I don't think he's. He hasn't really shown yet. I mean, the, he could be the guy down the road, but he's not there yet.
0: I like DJ Dallas. I do. Yeah, I, me too.
2: I, I
1: actually have him stashed on my taxi squad right now. Yeah, no, I I like
2: him. I just don't think I don't think he's necessarily ready or at least I'm not excited to see him as the bell cow starting in 2021.
0: You're excited uh, to see Rashad Penny though, Scott? If he's healthy.
2: <laughs> if he's healthy, yeah, I am. I mean, you know, the the problem the problem with some of these backs is you know, especially especially younger backs, they'll start to they'll start to figure it out like David Montgomery seems to have figured it out now. It took a little while, but you know, now it seems like he's there as that hype rookie he was last year. Um, with Penny, I mean, last year, right before he got hurt, you know, it was week 12, week 12 and 13. Week 12, he had 14 touches, 129 yards in touchdown, including, I think that was the game he had a 58 yard touchdown against against the Eagles. Week 13, 19 touches, 107, two touchdowns. Um, you know, last year he averaged 5.7 yards per carry. Um, he's only got 169 career touches and he's 24. So again, if he's right after this injury, He's never really been given the keys to the city, but he's got that explosiveness. It showed him his numbers. It showed him, it showed with the eye test, watching him. And, you know, I mean, again, they drafted him in the first round. So they, they saw him as a feature back when they drafted him. At least I hope they did because they traded up to get him these spots ahead of McChubb. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, it's again, a lot of speculation who knows, I mean, Honestly, in my in my heart of hearts, I'd love to see the Seahawks draft Najee Harris. That'd be, that'd be fantastic. I know they're not probably going to because they're probably going to trade out of the first round, and they have other needs they need to address. But as it stands right now, I think he has a good chance to be the starter heading into 2021.
0: You think Chris Carson's gone? Um, they love him, man. Pete Carroll has a thing for Chris Carson, dog. That's <laughs> true.
2: I feel like Pete yeah, killed- I, don't, I, don't, I don't really, I don't really have an inkling one way or the other on that one, um, mm-hmm. whether Chris Carson's gone or not. But I think you know, obviously, if Chris Carson's still around, then it's not your, it's not your bell cow situation. And I don't even know if the Seahawks are still into the bell cow strategy. You know, right. a, lot of, a lot of teams aren't doing that really anymore. I, mean, I was actually going to ask me, you about like Penny
1: being the one-two guy and Dallas being like the pass catcher, like the third-down guy. I mean, that's
2: I could, I could, I can see that as the future of this backfield. Yeah. You know if Carson if Carson does move on um, and at the same time if Carson and if Carson and Penny split like Hyde and Carson have this year I think there's value there too
0: awesome love it Scott Nate uh you want to hit us with your sure thing sleeper of the of the 2021 season
3: I would love to um somebody actually did a video about for fantasy intervention um I'm a really big fan of Colin Johnson OK. Yeah. So and especially now, Jacksonville looks like they're going to get the first pick in the draft. Yeah. They are quarterback starved, obviously. Just let me lay this out real quick. Colin Johnson is six foot six. He's almost a half foot taller than the average height of an NFL cornerback. So like and if you if you ever saw him play in college, the dude wins jump balls all day long. He's big. He's about to have Trevor Lawrence as his quarterback. I mean, and they they got him in the fifth round. He was a steal because he didn't he wasn't at the combine. Like this guy's future, and when he's when Chark has been out, he had a hundred yard game. What was that, two, three weeks ago? And they started to kind of involve him more in the offense, but man in Dynasty next year, who watch out. That's my guy.
0: I like it. He's cheap too. Like he's really I cheap. Like he was even floating around in some dynasty leagues I was in not too not too long ago. Like before he had that breakout game there.
3: Yep, I got him on waivers that next week in a that's dynasty awesome. league.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, Colin Johnson's dope. Tom, do you have any thoughts on Colin Johnson here? I I
1: love it. I, this that's like the perfect kind of like speculation thing. Like that team is going to go through so many changes this next offseason. Oh, you know what I mean. Like if they go out and get another head coach or whatever kind of things they decide to get up to as an organization, like so much stuff is just going to get thrown in the air and it's all going to have to land somewhere. And it seems like usually what they try to do is build around their young people that can be stars and for the free to small price, you'll pay for Colin Johnson. That's like
3: perfect. Think about how good this team is going to be in the future. If they get, go out, get Trevor Lawrence, and he is what we all think he is. So D.D. Westbrook, Keelan Cole are both gone at the end of the season. Contract year, you're not going to sign him. So no, all of a sudden you're rolling out every week, Trevor Lawrence, James Robinson, LaVishka Chennault, DJ Char, and Colin Johnson. I mean, that offense is going to be explosive.
0: Yeah, hopefully, hopefully.
2: Yeah, I mean I I like I don't know, I haven't seen a lot of Colin Johnson, but I, I do like him as a sleeper. I mean, you know, I don't get too try not to get too caught up in height weight, but you know, six six five and five eighths, aka six, six, 222 pounds. I mean that's you know what I mean? That's just I mean he had eight catches, 162 yards in the two games he played, twenty yards per catch average. A jump ball, you know, a jump. He excels at the jump ball, and somebody like Trevor Lawrence throwing those jump balls to him. I mean, Man. It's, it's, it's 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 going to
3: be exciting in Jacksonville. It is going to be very exciting in Jacksonville. Something that's something about Johnson too that really caught my eye is for his size, he is a really tight route runner. Mm-hmm. Like he explodes and he cuts really hard. Like guys that size, I can't do it, and I'm not even six foot. <laughs> like how is he? How is he doing this, man? Yeah, I can't yeah. do
2: what Nolan Johnson does either.
3: No, no, no. So I think, dude, I think he's. I think he's one of those guys. Like, if you can get him on the cheap right now, go out and do it. I'd give up a first rounder for him. What? No, no. I was no, gonna say, no, listen, no. you
1: can't. No. You can't tell no. me I'm not allowed to give up a first rounder. Yeah, Mike yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. I give up. I, i
3: give up, like, an early second-round pick. That's more fair. I'd probably give up an early second-round pick for him.
0: I had an early second-round pick this year that turned into, like, Michael Pittman, and a, a third-round pick, I think, that was Antonio Gibson. Like, I don't know, man. I, was, I, know. I totally
1: agree. Like, second-round picks are just pure speculation to me. So if I can get a player uh, – like, I, I don't know. I'm just very much like to turn my picks into stuff that I – Yeah. Really that I have, like, an eye test to pass on someone who's been in an NFL system. So yeah, like second round pick for Colin Johnson, I totally do that. Yeah, don't,
2: don't don't start the negotiation with the first rounder.
1: Nate.
3: <laughs> hey, look, throw him out I, there. I am new to dynasty. This is my first year doing it. I haven't gone through an off season or rookie drafts. So
1: your first round pick is gold. Don't give it up for unless oh, no. you're great in return. Every other one is garbage, and just throw it away for whatever you want.
0: Easy, easy there. <laughs> <laughs> uh- I, I like the pick, though. I'm surprised you didn't pick LaVisca, but we'll take it. He's not really a senior, though. What do you mean? He didn't do no, it. Like mean, it. Like everybody tool, dude, like
3: everybody yeah. knows LaVisca Chenault is. I've made sure of it, man. I won't stop <laughs> talking about the guy on Twitter.
0: He needs to become a sponsor. God damn.
2: Right. <laughs> Start a club.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can join the Cole Comet club. Um Tom, who is your sure thing sleeper of 2021 for us here? Um, For
1: me, I've kind of debated back and forth on this. Um, I'm going to go with Russell Gage, um, and there's a reason for this. Um, So far, he's wide receiver 35 on the season. He's been okay. I know I talked about him earlier this year when he started off hot, looked good, and then, you know, he disappointed for a while. Like, he's been really streaky up and down. Um, but I think the the thing that I want to keep an eye on, the reason that like I picked him up in Dynasty and I haven't gotten rid of him yet, is Julio Jones. Um, anytime Julio's been out, Russell Gage has been like a rock-solid wide receiver two to Calvin Ridley's one. So I kind of, you know, like I said, I'm a big stats guy. I like averages, that kind of stuff. Julio Jones is on the other side of like the peak performance of a wide receiver throughout their career. Now he does fit into like the superstar category, which for wide receivers sometimes can extend their, you know, lifespan of like high-end production. But if injuries start to become a regular part of their seasons, which Julio Jones has missed five, six games so far this year. Six um, yeah, he's missed six games so far this year, and that's not an insignificant portion. Um, and if soft tissue injuries start to become a regular thing for him, I really think that I want to just wait and see how things shake out for next season because maybe you just get a free, you know, solid wide receiver two that you can count on every week because of how many yards the Falcons put through the air every season.
3: Yeah, Their offense is geared towards him being – a pretty good ad
0: i just worry about matt ryan a little bit i just don't i haven't seen it these last couple of seasons from him and and i'm a big matt ryan guy honestly like tom i think the talent's there for sure like like he's definitely sparked at times he has been disappointing if if you tried to throw him out and redraft at all or i know i know you 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 wrote him in, in one of our redraft leagues for a while i remember you throwing him out is that the, the league you're in the championship in or is that a different one yeah, no, and actually in, in in that league, I played him in my flex spot this
1: week, and, you know, he helped punch me right through the championship game. Yeah. It's it's just like one of those things where I'm going to pay close attention to how things are shaping up during camps and during preseason, and if things don't look good, you know, and maybe I'll give him into week one or two if stuff looks good. Like, I'm willing to back off, but I just think he's someone that I want to scoop up now, leave on my bench through an offseason – or just scoop up really late in redraft because nobody's gonna remember him. Like if he disappoints, no. you probably just threw him off your list. He's not even gonna hit your radar. So he, he's like the kind of person that I look for in a late round flyer, provided things shake his way.
0: Yeah, nice.
2: yeah. I like I like the talent. I mean, I like the talent with Gage, and I like the idea of him as the two to Calvin Rid- Rid- Ridley's one, uh, which has been the case quite a bit. But you mentioned he's streaky and he's been streaky because Matt Ryan has been extremely streaky this year. Um, yeah. And it is hard to tell what the future looks like for Matt Ryan and the you know, I mean, he's been there for a while now. So that would be my only concern, but we're not talking about breaking the bank or something. So I think he's, I think he's a, he's a valid sleeper as a you know, mid, low end wide receiver too, for sure.
1: Seth, what are you going to finish off our next year sleepers?
0: Yeah, gentlemen. So, uh, great picks so far. Those are some awesome sleepers for 2021. A guy I want to throw out there. Nate and I were discussing this on the bird the other day. It's James Washington. Uh, you know, you know, our, our Pittsburgh true and true guy here, Tom. Um, right now, we, we as it stands, I don't think Juju Smith is coming back to Pittsburgh. I really don't. Uh, they're not known to pay guys what they want generally. Juju is going to want a lot of money. Uh, And I love Juju as a person. I think he's an awesome guy, but I think at the end end of the day, he's not going to be worth what he wants, at least in this offense. And, 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 you know, James Washington has been pretty serviceable over the years. I know he's a guy for fantasy terms we don't really talk about much, and and he's always kind of been the odd man out, whether that's the two or this year it's the four, you know. But, like, last season with Duck Hodges – and Mason Rudolph, he was 44 for 735 and three. Like, that's not too bad. Like, like, he almost had 800 yards with, you know, backup quarterbacks, and that was with him kind of being the two at times uh, to Deontay Johnson a lot last season after Juju went down. You know, Ben likes him. He has 51 targets this season. So, I mean, it, it hasn't been world-beating numbers. Uh, almost 400 yards, five TDs. Like, the TDs there, the guy's a big play. He always averages over 13, 14 yards yards. A reception. So I think he's a high efficiency guy who, if things shake out the way we think, maybe he gets extended on a, a team friendly deal as his deals up in at the end of 2021. And he's a guy I'm maybe looking to to scoop in some dynasty leagues and, and probably targeting some redrafts as well.
3: I like that. I think he's a talented
0: receiver. That's
3: just part of a very incredibly talented receiving core right now. Like mm-hmm. there just isn't enough bread to go around for him, but if Schuster Smith, Smith Schuster goes, I mean, all of a sudden he fits into their plan again and he gets set of 50 targets, 120 targets, yeah. 130, 40
2: targets. Yeah. I picture, I picture James Washington. So, so up till now, James Washington to me has been that guy that, Oh, the Steelers, the Steelers scored. Oh shit. It wasn't my wide receiver. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like whenever James, watched, it's like the, it's like the, the wide receiver vulture, you know, to the Smith Schuster and, and, and Claypool and, um, and the other guy, Deontay, drops him. Um, but next year, I I think he could be one of those guys. I talked earlier about Richard Higgins and Wayne Gallman, where they played long enough where I've developed this preconceived notion about them, and I'm going to need to shake it because they're actually, you know, balling out. And I, I, I see that happening I, pretty reasonably for James Washington if Smith-Schuster is no longer there.
1: Yeah, I, I, I like the pick. Uh, you know, I know Seth and I have said, probably both of us for a long time now, like Pittsburgh is amazing at drafting wide receivers. Like, they're really good at finding good talent, developing good talent, and that leaves them in a spot where, you know, if Juju is going to ask for a huge payday, they're just not going to pay him. They're going to let him move on. You know, he turned out to unfortunately not be the guy who can take a shutdown corner and still put up like those Antonio Brown level performances, which is what they thought was going to happen when they shipped Antonio Brown out. So I totally think that I agree with Seth. Like they could definitely move on from Juju at the end of this year. And in that case, like in that vacuum, James Washington will thrive. Like he's a good player, like legitimately a good wide receiver. Um, I actually still have him in dynasty. Like I picked him up just as a speculation. Cause I want to see how this off season shakes out for mm. them. I think it's a great pick. Yeah, I like it a
2: lot. Real, real, real quick, I like to joke around. Um, I called him Deontay Dropson. Everybody <laughs> needs to chill out about the drops. Deontay Johnson is an absolute stud. Yep. Chill out about the drops. All
0: right, thanks. Appreciate it, Scott. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, I appreciate you guys' insight. Oh, get up. Okay, so we got, a, we got a comment in here from <laughs> Tyler Cart. Uh, good friend of the show. James Washington is not good. Tyler, let's just wait. Let's chill out. Wait to yeah. see what happens. We just talked about he's high efficiency. I don't know how long you've been here. But we will talk about this afterwards. Don't worry about it. Uh, we can talk all I can t- I can hype up James Washington all day. Guys, let's let's conclude this show how we always you know like to put a bow on our, our on our weeks here with some weekly advice. weekly there's gonna be a lot of winners there's gonna be a lot of losers here after week 16 it's the game we play at the end of the day um you know 12 to 12 or 10 people come to play each league and, and one person goes home to championship trophy so tom what, what weekly advice can you give to our listeners as we uh, approach the championship this week
1: um, I think one of my biggest ones is just to not, you know, be a gracious winner or you know a gracious loser, just depending on how things break for you this week. I know you know you got a lot riding on it. You know, there's a lot of fun to be had in this trash talk and you know throwing around whatever kind of things you do in your league between friends and stuff. But it's easy to get those blinders on and get so focused in the game that you just get heated. Like you know, you know, if you take a bad beat, it's easy to be bitter and a little salty. You know, or you know, if you win, sometimes it's easy to forget what it feels like to lose, and just you know, absolutely overdo it with your gloating and and uh, taking things a little too far. So I just you know like to remind people, like that it is, it's a game. It's it's fun. It's supposed to be relaxing. And a lot of times, I think the high energy of a championship game, especially if money's on the line, which it is for a lot of people, yeah, the kind of thing where emotions start to get stoked a little. So. You know, just take some time. If you lose, remember that you still got second place. Like, you did well, and you're coming back next year. Do the same thing again, hopefully. And if you win, you know, remember what it felt like to lose in the past, and remember that, you know, one thing going wrong could have cost you that entire game. So, you know, enjoy your money. <laughs> Get your trophies. gloat a little. But <laughs> don't take it too far.
0: Love it, man. Love it. Thank you, Tom. Uh, S- Scott, what do you got for us?
2: Um. Well, uh, Part of in between media now, so I'm going to give more just life advice here. It's not really involved with in football too much. Um, first of all, wear your mask. This is a Dwayne Haskins tweet, um, <laughs> but for real, um, bro. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Come on, be smart. Um, I my piece of advice is go easy on yourself. Give yourself a break. And this is you know when it comes to fantasy football or just general, general life. Um, you know, something I've battled with for a long time is fear. The fears around making mistakes would basically stop me in my tracks where I wouldn't even try something because I was so afraid to make a mistake. Um, because I saw a mistake as this super negative thing, you know, like it was just this, this thing to avoid this sign of weakness. And so that was, you know, that was part of what I'm talking about with, you know, giving yourself a break. I mean, the, the, the cliche, I am my own worst crit- critic is a very common cliche for a reason. You know, I mean, it's a lot easier said than done. Like a lot of things when it comes to kind of improving yourself and not just improving yourself, but, you know, doing things that are within your power to just make life more pleasant for you. You know, like taking, taking your own, taking your own roadblocks out of the way. So real quick, this is, this is a little bit cheesy, but one thing I do um, is I, on an almost daily basis, as I do a gratitude list, um, don't unfollow me, please. But whether it's mental, whether it's a mental list, or I write it down, I, I just try and get into a place of gratitude because somebody told me a long time ago, if your mind is in a place of gratitude, um, fear, selfishness, anger, they can't be there with it. You know, so it's become honestly one of my life hacks when I'm like in a in a bad spot. Um, I can always just sit again. This is all easier said than done. You can't just force yourself out of the grumpies, but um, I've found when I'm able to do that, when I'm able to get into a place of gratitude, um, then it pretty much always helps. So a little bit of life advice there for you. Sorry about the asking thing. So,
0: <laughs> No, I, I appreciate it, man. Th- thank you. Thank you, uh, Scott. We love that, man. That's super awesome life advice. And, you know, dude, that—that's what we are here in between media, man. We're—we're we're life advice. We're gonna be like your parents and your friends, and and try to get you through things. But we're also gonna be here to try to give you some fantasy football advice as well. So thank you for that, Scott. That's super powerful. Uh, we appreciate that, man. All Nate, right,
3: Seth, you want me to go?
0: It, I mean, it—it it, you, <laughs> you have the Santa hat on. I'd feel bad taking it from you, brother. So I didn't really <laughs> write anything down. Um, I guess my best advice,
3: be grateful that you're here. A lot of people didn't make it here and not just because of COVID, but just in general, like be thankful that you're here. And if here is, you're watching our live stream, be like extra thankful, but just, (laughs) we made, look, we, we almost made it to the end of this horrible year. We're almost out of it. We've got a vaccine. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Winter's That's gonna calm. be over eventually. I hate the snow. Yes. Please stop.
1: <laughs> Come to Florida. We don't get snow. Wow. <laughs> I want to go to Mexico. They
3: also snow. <laughs> Just be thankful that you're here. You know this, and this is an especially hard season with not necessarily to be being able to be around all the family you want to be around. The world's closed down. It seems bleak. It seems dark but you're here and you have people who love you. And if you ever need someone to help you, I think we can all, I know my DMS are always open on Twitter. If we're friends on Facebook, you can message me on Facebook. If you have my phone number, shoot me a text. Always here. There'll always be somebody there as bad as it seems. Just you have, you know, you have a friend, reach out to them
0: and Merry Christmas. Appreciate that, Nate. Awesome, dude. Awesome.
1: Seth, would you like to close out our little Christmas
0: episode? Absolutely. Um, just want to give a shout out to everyone who's n- not just tuned into t- tonight's episode, but every every night of the season that we've been on here, it's been a crazy year so far. Uh, and we're just getting started here in between media. We got a lot around the corner. Hope to be adding some really more talented people to our team this offseason. Can't thank you gentlemen enough for joining me every Tuesday. Everyone else that we have over in between media, it's been a blast. Uh, everyone at, in the hashtag Cole Comet Club uh, sh- showing us their love, we appreciate it as well. But m- my advice is to round it out here, gentlemen. Is you know use this time as a as the time to reminisce about fantasy and about Christmas, like and about you know twenty twenty in general. Like look back on your draft, see where you went right, see where you went wrong. Sometimes it's painful to know that you know you took some some crappy players over Stefan Diggs in the sixth or seventh round, you know, that that you took Michael Gallup before some of these stud RBs that went off the board. So, you know, look back, you know, sometimes you'll see where you went right. Sometimes you'll see where you went wrong, but but it's part of the process. You have to grow from it as a fantasy manager, as an analyst. I always try to do that. And also that, that kind of translates to life as well, guys. I mean, 2020, Nate, you said it, it sometimes it seems dark. Sometimes it seems... Grim, but at the end of the day, like so much good has still come from this year. Uh, even though it, it's been so bad for so many. Uh, you know, guys, it, it brings us together on a weekly basis. Couldn't be more thankful th- for that. Can't be more thankful for, you know, S- Scott and Nate. I didn't know you guys, you know, you know, before this pandemic. I probably wouldn't have met you if it wasn't for this pandemic. Uh in, in between media, I wouldn't be sitting here streaming to 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 our listeners and our streamers tonight if it wasn't for this pandemic. And you know, th- there has been a-, a lot of, a lot of bad that's come with this, but you know, reminisce w- where you did well as a human being, where you could do better as a human being next year. And, you know, I think it's going to make 2021 all the better.
3: I think I've reached peak Nate. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> I obviously I don't actually mean that.
0: Except for the labisca part. You do think that's true.
3: Well, because it is, <laughs>
0: We'll see, my friend. We will see, guys. Uh, thank you again, gentlemen. It's been awesome. Thank you to our, all our streamers out there. You can check out our podcast episode. we uh, going to be hitting the, the wire tomorrow, Wednesday. So make sure you check that out. Thank you again, everyone, and keep it in between. Happy holidays. All right, guys.
3: Weekly. Weekly.